Hello, Dave. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Joe. Hello. Joe! Joe's here! Joe's here, and uh, Charlie's over by the stairway is where he should be. Hi, Charlie. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Half Squads. This is episode, Dave, you are the, you are the official keeper of the episode numbers. <laughs> open, open the envelope and tell us what episode number this is. Number nine. Wow. And today is the 5th of August already, or thereabouts. And welcome to our show, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. And as, we, as you may have guessed, we've got Joe in the, in the broadcast foxhole with us, which we're moving now. We're, we're always on the move. Yep. Moving from upstairs down to the basement. So yeah, in we fact, are temporary. In a previous episode, I remember Jeff had said he had space problems. But you should know he now moved into this huge basement. It's huge. Making my space problems look much worse than they used to be. And Joe, of course, has a magnificent gaming basement. Similar to, to, to yours, Jeff. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, it kind of reminds me of the Las Vegas Hilton <laughs> a little bit. It's like kind of like that, except for no carpeting, no nice wall coverings, and no girls in scanty outfits. Now but, you're, you're going to have echo problems, though. Yeah, probably. Well, actually, I think the problems are more of the stairs and the dogs, but we're just going to let that go. Yeah, we'll let it go. We can handle it. We can play squad leader. We can do anything. That's right. So, well, we should have, we have a good show all planned out, don't we? We have every step planned. Every word has been carefully <laughs> selected and is, will be placed into the show. Should we start with some listener mail? Get, sure. Get that, uh, it's not business out of the way, but let's do that. Do you have anything there, Dave? Well, um... Can I pause you guys for just a yes, second? Yes, you may. Sure. Yeah, sorry to pause, but uh, I just want to... Take this opportunity to congratulate you guys on uh, so far having a successful podcast. Uh, we're at episode nine, and you know you're getting a lot of good feedback, and it's it's really grown. It's really grown since uh, I was a, a guest on episode three. Thank you, and we like to have you as a regular guest fairly often, if that's right with you. Oh yeah, we consider our guests helping to make the show a success. That's right, and uh, until we get tired of you. <laughs> <laughs> and blackball me from yeah. uh, from any further yeah. episodes. Well, yeah, you'll be calling like, when are you going to invite me again? Oh, yeah, yeah. I sent you an email, but you know. I got to go cut the grass yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, thanks, Joe. Yeah. Also, I'm kind of into tracking um, the numbers, and I would say, yeah, we're at 987 hits on episode one as of this morning. That's amazing. That, that is exciting. I, I'm sure maybe I would think two, three hundred of those are duplicate hits um my mom made a joke today that she was said she went in every morning and just chopped or clicked play on episode one every morning and then shut it off right away just to drive up the numbers <laughs> yeah. thanks mom she, she was kidding huh. um but we're sure some of those repeats since the average seems to be about five or six hundred per yeah. episode so hopefully there's that number of listeners but anyway we're thank you and we're we're well, I noticed uh, episode one has 900, and then episode eight has about 800, and then episode... I'm sorry, episode one has about 900. 987. Episode two has about 800. Episode three has about a 700. More. Pretty no, soon, it's just going to be two. just us three. But, yeah. <laughs> Listening. No, then it does hit about... Oh, it bottoms out somewhere? Four or five hundred. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, I, I actually haven't looked lately. Yeah, that's why I think we have that many yeah. listeners. I grow tired. I grow weary of our fame. <laughs> I have a listener mail here. Uh, okay. It's from Kevin A. Hey, guys, great show. Just one thought. When a unit goes berserk, doesn't it have to always move toward the nearest known unit and attempt to attack it in close combat? Answer is yes. 
Thus, he states, a Berserk unit would never use prep fire, as we must have stated in a previous show. I probably meant to say final fire. They can final fire a Berserk unit, because yeah, they don't yeah. have to move that turn. Yeah. And I think when I used to play it originally, we, we remembered, well, they're Berserk, all they can do is charge the enemy, and so we would not even shoot them in final fire. We would just kind of ah. wait for the movement phase. So that part was wrong. Uh, Kevin, you are right. They cannot prep clarify that and what does kevin win this week dave he wins the black sand from iwo jima oh no i'm not giving that away oh, all right <laughs> so we'll just uh, say thanks kevin i've got one here from uh, dave this isn't you though is it dave not writing me. writing our own no sir um saying that uh, in the last episode i mentioned that uh, from what i understood the british army had uh, no cavalry in uh, no mounted cavalry in World War II, and uh, Dave, I don't know what his last name is, but writes in and says that, says that uh, mounted troops were deployed by the British Army during World War II. The Indian Army also did. The 1st Cavalry Division was involved in the Syria-Iraq-Iran campaign of early 1941, and uh, at the time there, there was fighting with the Vichy French, he thinks there were three or maybe six yeomanry battalions of this division which also still had their horses. So um, I stand corrected. Thanks for that clarification, Dave. Um, got an email here from Brian. Hey, that was a great episode. I really liked the rules discussion and how you guys explained things. I had a moment of silence for Jeff's dead ASL boxes. Oh, that's nice. I th- I, yes. Yeah. Didn't he go on to say his in-laws threw them out? Uh, that was somebody we've got. Well, that was Don. Yeah, we, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Don, uh, listener Don, his father, his father-in-law had thrown out his actual games, not just his boxes. Oh, ouch. Yeah, that's something. Now, why Um, is that that, you know, if my wife had thrown out those boxes, I would have been furious. But since I threw them out myself, it's okay. That's just a question of ownership, I think. Right, Joe? Yeah, I cringed when I listened to that episode, and, and I remember when you were at my house talking about um, what to do with the boxes, and even just having the discussion you thought was a waste of time talking about the boxes and what to do with the boxes. Yeah. And when I heard that you actually went ahead and threw them away, I, I was disappointed, yeah. Jeff, because I was thinking of there's all kinds of things to put them on your rule books. Uh, somebody, I think, mentioned decoupage. Um, there's all kinds of make, things. Make to, a lovely uh, cocktail table. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what you said, Dave. Somebody, I know somebody mentioned that, but yeah, there's just all kinds of uses for it. Even though the artwork's not that good in, in some areas, uh, that's a whole separate topic of discussion, though. Well, um, I never thought about cutting them up and putting them in the, like in my binders. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Oh, too late. Okay. Um, in fact, someone was at my house talking about that episode, Jeff, and they mentioned that they looked at my beat up boxes, which I use to store the boards in. The hard boards, I got them all stacked in the boxes, labeled, you know, boards one through five and like mm-hmm. partisan because it's skinny and then boards whatever through whatever. And someone noticed how beat up my boxes were from being in and on and off the shelf. They said, boy, you could really use Jeff's boxes. So I thought I would go ahead and say, listeners, if you want to send me your boxes, please feel free to do so. Email us and I'll give you my address. I have another listener mail from Eric Hill. I have to admit, I have shocked others when I told them I dump and trash and toss out my ASL boxes. I keep all my stuff in binders and Plano. 
The boxes did nothing but occupy shelf space, so I dumped them all. Thought about putting them up on a list to see if anyone was interested, but didn't think bother thinking the other players were more interested in the components. Guess I'm not alone in that. Thanks, guys. So Thank you, Eric, for supporting go. my position. Yeah, but I would have taken your boxes, Eric. <laughs> I'm going to start throwing them out uh, just as they arrive in the mail. Well, I also was looking up something else, and I don't know what, and came up to a gaming site where the discussion was, if these games cost so much that they can't, even he was saying they can't reissue uh, Armies of Oblivion, but they did, didn't they? That's reissued now? Yeah, it was reissued. But I guess at that time, or they can't reissue Codes of Bushido. He was saying, before our conversation, I never saw this on a different um, game, you know, uh, posting board. Um, why have them with the game? If they're not available anymore. To lower the cost of reprinting these games. Yeah. Why are you printing a box? Oh. Yeah, right? that topic came up in Game Squad. Oh, why? maybe that's where I saw it. Yeah, that's where I saw it. And, oh, okay. and just, uh, why not just do like some uh, uh, older other companies used to do uh, and just put the game in, in a Ziploc in bag? In a Ziploc baggie. For and then because most people don't keep the stuff in in the boxes, and if it lowers the price by one two dollars, you know that every little bit helps. Yeah, yeah. well, I think it'd be more than a couple bucks or whatever it is. But yeah, it. It, it would uh, it, easier to ship them, easier to to maintain them, lower the price. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to call uh, one of these days. I keep saying we're, we'll call my friend Ben, who uh, works for a printing company. They print games. So he can probably tell us a lot of the details about how much of the how much of the price of the game is going to go into the boxes and how much a company could save. But yeah, for printing. I think, and I, print I think if you know if they're not going to reissue Code of Bushido, they should get rid of everything after Code of Bushido. Because <laughs> I've got this nice uh, Operation Watchtower here that I got for my birthday. Right. And I can't play it because it's... because I can't. I don't have any Japanese. <laughs> What am I going to do with this? No, that's true. Isn't that... That's oh, true. Oh, they're going to reissue Code It comes with some when? Japanese, but not enough to... To play. It doesn't come yeah. with any. Doesn't yeah. Or is it just Marines? No, it's just Marines. I thought I... Oh, put, wait a minute. I thought I put some in. Yeah, I just broke this up actually the other day, and I added these two. Oh, okay, was, there were a few. Oh, okay. But that's not enough. But your oh, point is enough. the same, Jeff. Yeah, my point is well taken, isn't it? Exactly well taken, and here's a hint for you. Yeah. If you would like to start playing these with me, instead of me playing all these with Timonen... We can do these in my house, and that way you can look over the scenarios. You can, we can? Because I have Code you'll, of Bushido. You'll be my friend? I will be your friend. Oh, Dave. So you will be able to use that game. All right. Well, I feel better about that. Are you uh, too done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we getting anywhere? I feel like a, yeah, an extra here. We no. got a, we got a oh, nice... No. Uh, no, we got just a, kidding. Uh, yeah, no. I would like to point out that... Um, William Woodrick has donated $5 to the cause. Thank you, William. Thank you, William. Is that Primus? Same uh, as Primus? Oh. Was that just today? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I have an email here from Primus, and uh, he says that I'm not going to read his whole email. He writes a very nice email with a lot of good stuff in it, but he mentioned that uh, he's donated $5, which is always much appreciated. Oh, I thought he said he was joking. You know what that $5 is going to get us. How about a beer? Certainly. <laughs> it is not. Now you stop that. Uh, yeah, I thought that was supposed to be a secret. What we 
Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, in fact, I was going to soon say, as it's reaching the end of the year, and we did pay our 90 bucks to... 90 bucks to Podbean. Or, no, more than that, 120. It was, oh, it was 120. 120, yeah, to keep up the, the podcasting okay. website. Yeah. Our goal is to beg our listeners for small donations, maybe. I don't know. I haven't talked to Jeff about this, but I thought getting here toward September, October, November, if we could get caught up to that 120 from our listeners, we would just love it. We would love it. Maybe we would even continue this next year. And we could then, oh, yes, <laughs> scare them. <laughs> yeah, scare them. Ooh. Uh, but our wives, we could tell our wives that it's not costing us anything but time to make this podcast. That's right. That would be wonderful. Either that or we're going to have to have a bake sale or something. Yeah, Sell a bake cookies, sale. Yeah. Any more listener mail? Uh, yes. Um, and I got a very good one and a, a really a detailed email about the Garand rifle, and I should have known that this could happen. This is always an issue. Mm-hmm. I said that the Garand rifle was built under certain conditions, like the part of the design um, requirements when it was first bid for was <clears throat> that it um, shoot the, the 30 caliber round that was used in the World War I rifles because they had all these rounds left. And somebody wrote me and gave me a lot of great detail about the Garand rifle and, and really how it came to be. And I will post that somewhere so that other people can read it and and have all the correct information because my information was not totally correct. So thank you to, uh, who was it that sent? Oh, Brian Turner. Thanks, Brian Turner, for, for sending that to me. So uh, I can be smarter today. Can't guarantee anything about tomorrow, but today I'm smarter. And we did get an email from uh, Chris in... Um Holland, who oh. pointed out that there's a girl in his gaming group and oh, yes. about 10 ASL players that he knows of in Holland. So thanks, Chris, for that information. And he sent me some, uh, he sent us a link to some pictures, I'll try to put those on there, of his gaming group, which is uh, wonderful. It's uh, it, it looks like ASL is more fun in Holland. I noticed in Probably his pictures is. that everybody's smiling. Is that because of uh, Heineken? I think they, it's more that Americans just stress themselves out over Oh, little things. Yeah, but. maybe. And I thought it was more a, a cleverer answer than that. But anyway, um, thanks for the pictures. So that's it for mail. Let's move on to something. Well, I would like to else. expand on something I mentioned last time about redoing my trays. Uh, Joe copying the Joe Pelham method of tray, um, of decorating your trays with printing out the nationality logos. I used rondelles or the flag, depending on which I liked better. Like the white American star just didn't do much for me. What, so, for, the, uh, for the labels for the yeah. compartment? so I put the American flag waving on it and so on. But I used the USMC core symbol to, on it, stuff like that. But uh, I mentioned the number of boxes you needed and the cost that it would yes. cost you. Right. I ex- while I'm doing all my redoing all my boxes, I expanded my Hungarians to two trays. Oh. I expanded this, my Axis miners and my Allied miners to two trays each. So I now there's a separate infantry tray, vehicle tray. I recommend it. When you do that, you can actually break up your leaders, like have the six, seven, eight morale ones, and then the nine, tens, and heroes each in a separate compartment. Yeah, I call it junior and senior. I have oh, jun- junior leaders and senior leaders. Okay. Where did you draw the line? Draw the line at nine something, nine ones, tens, and okay. those are the seniors. Okay, and then I the, did the same. The juniors are okay. six plus ones, all the way up to eight ones. To eight neg ones. Okay, that's exactly the way I ended up doing it. And you can split up your crews, tank crews, vehicle crews, and you can split up your machine guns actually into light, medium, and heavy compartments. Well, I've always thought about um, that for for all of my 
yeah. for all of my boxes. Well, you won't be able to need more boxes. Well, yeah. If you're going to do the Germans up like that, you're going to definitely need more boxes. Another box. Another box. Yeah. But in some of the nationalities that are smaller, they have only four units, like uh, Elite. One had only three. I forget who. An Elite uh, first line in a conscript. Russian, Korean. Aren't the Russians just pretty much good to bad? I mean, it's first line. No, they have the boxes, though. The two different box types and all that. Yeah, Yeah, they have the Elites. And yeah, engineers. two different kinds. And, then, um, and so when you had that happen, I could actually split up all the support weapons into mortars and then, you know, anti-tank rifles and... Stuff like that. So, just want to clarify. So you bought more, more boxes. boxes. So, how, what's your total of boxes up? Your projected total now for the whole uh, MMP ASL module ensemble. You could probably sell well, it as an ensemble. I, <laughs> you know what? I don't have that note anymore. It was. You were up to twenty-three boxes on the last episode. Well, it must be make it twenty-five or six, and that also includes the Ethiopians from um, Critical Hit. Ah. Well, here's a question for you. How many? How many do you uh, for your information counters? Like for me, I have four. I'm up. I'm to the point now where I have four information trays. You know, the first one is is information one is like for the in, just in, every game like prep yeah. fire, final fire. Right. But now that we're playing Vela the Guard and uh, Tarawa, you need to have all the perimeter marker counters. And it just got to the point where I'm up to four now, and I could probably go to a fifth if I really wanted to expand. So do your second tray is all tank related? Or? No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't do that like you. I, I, okay. I pretty much the the information one box is like anything you need right as you're playing the game, like acquisition counters. Yeah. Uh, Smoke. Yeah. Okay. Brazil. Now the second one, what I do there is like the artillery, Train. OBA, okay. OBA counters, uh, maybe um, like uh, level counters, level one, level two, because those you usually need maybe a setup or as you're playing, but you can just go grab one counter. It's not like you need a bunch from there. So it's just uh, just a little, a little bit rarer counters, I guess. Right. And then your terrain types, pillboxes. Yeah, yeah, pillbox, fox fortification, foxholes, yeah. all that. That's in my second one. Yeah. Third and fourth, I found it, are going to the like perimeter, and uh, like for Valor of the Guards, fortification and uh, fortified, fortified strong point, etc. Right. I put all the black and white ones in one box, and then the colored ones with the pretty colors on them mm -hmm. in the other box. Okay. How's that work? Is that why you have that empty box over there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, actually, black and white would be your SS. Yeah. Which you don't have because they probably don't make them anymore. Yeah, probably. It's out probably of print. Probably there not. is the black SS, and they're black and white. Yeah. With a little maybe splash of red. For Someday we should do like a convention, <laughs> and everybody could just bring their... their we won't play. We'll just, just everybody talk. will display their containers. Yeah. Walk around the room and comment on each yeah, other. Yeah, strut thing. around. Oh, yeah, that's my display over there. 24 boxes. <laughs> I think it comes down to whether you're going to travel with your set. A lot of people go to the tournaments. Yeah, true. And they travel. Like me, I know I'm not going to travel with my set, so I'm like 30 boxes probably, all courtesy of your Home Depot, $3. I mean, I don't spend a whole lot of money on the trays. I know, Jeff, you're getting ready to, aren't you upgrading or changing yours over to Plano? Yeah, yeah. yeah I converted to the Plano, which is a little bit smaller than the ones we were getting at um, Home Depot. So I, I needed to save, conserve space. And um, I made up extra trays for the club. You can take all your counters, uh, extra counters, especially if you have the starter kits and the, the normal game. And suddenly, you know, I made up some extra trays to put over on that table of just basic informational counters. 
and take the extra infantry and throw it into a container so I have a backup German, Russian, and British, and American tray that we don't have to always be passing the Germans back and forth. Hey, you know, you know how in my house some days if you don't bring Joe doesn't bring his stuff, Jeff doesn't bring his stuff. Give me a give me a two four eight half squad and they yeah. toss it across the room. Here yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of thing. It comes in handy. So I recommend that. Um one more point, I, I guess I was wondering with squad leader, you had squad leader, then you had advanced squad leader. Okay? When you talk about advanced tactics, does that apply to starter kit games, or does it only apply to advanced squad leader games? Well, in what context are you using the term advanced tactics? Yeah, what do you mean? Um, well, think about laying down residual fire like we did on a previous show. Yeah. I thought that was a fairly advanced discussion about how to be sure you're doing all your first fires first, then your subsequents, waiting for your final protectives, covering off movement paths, right? Yeah, yeah. Would you consider that an advanced tactic? I guess, you, or is it just come down to rules that are only in advanced squad leader? No, I don't think so. I think advanced tactics, you can have advanced tactics in a uh, in a starter kit game. Right, yeah. Joe? Think about yeah. it. If you've seen someone use a leader some way that you never thought of before or, you know, didn't realize a certain rule could be interpreted that way, and you're like, wow, that, I never thought of that. It sounds, then I think that's kind of like an advanced thing that could come from a starter kit game. Yeah, but then, like... You're kind of stumbling me here because I'm trying to remember. Do you have smoke in starter kit? Like to uh, me, yeah. I, when I think of advanced tactics, I think of defensively. Uh, as a tank comes within your line of sight and it's your your defensive fire, you're allowed to fire off your smoke pots to to try and help protect. You know, to me, that's an advanced rule that right. a beginner's not going to know. Most people are just thinking about shooting my gun at the other tank or running or, away or just surviving the throw. <laughs> yeah. Please don't let them hit me. Right. But whereas. An advanced player is going to be proactive and say, "Well, I'm I'm throwing, I'm popping my smoke pots, and uh, you're not going to be able to hit me, or I'm going to reduce the odds right. of you hitting me." Even routing, an experienced player knows the rules for route, which is very important, and knows to not let you route, knows ways to keep you from routing away, and that's in the basic game. Yeah, but players will play that, not taking advantage of surrounding the enemy and not letting them get away. Right, I, I right. think. Yeah, yeah, they know how to position themselves so that they don't allow their opponent avenues of, of, of routing. But uh, I guess going along those lines, I guess an advanced tactic is understanding you don't stack, going using fire groups. That's stuff you can use in, in the starter kits, and that's a lot of things I see the beginning players don't do. They they're just they come at me with a Stats. two demos, three squads, a light, and, and a leader, a ten three leader, and they and they open up and they go into the yeah. open ground. So an advanced tactic is you know you can get that same amount of firepower by doing a fire group, you know, something as simple as that. But as far as the rules, uh, I guess that's a tough question. Yeah, and that's why I think it's kind of complicated because I know there's a person playing starter kits who was asking in the email, you know, for more advanced tactics. And I was thinking, well, that he doesn't mean talk about um, airstrikes. Right. Which is from, you know, way advanced rules. Those are optional yeah. rules. But... Yeah, it's even optional. <laughs> He's talking about basic use of the basic game, that just beyond what a, a normal person would be thinking of. 
Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, in addition, like motion attempt, that's another one that people just... Yeah, that's motion an, attempt. That's an advanced I still technique. forget to do that all the time. Yeah, and that's well, sniper checks. Well, that's now sniper checks is not in the basic game. Well, there's no, no snipers in Star oh, right, Kids. Right, yeah, that's right. what I, I know that, and there's yeah. no bypass. And but see, you bypass do have motion very, attempts, right? Um, now, see, I haven't played Starter Kit three scenarios. I haven't really looked at the rules, and that's where I have my problem. It's almost impossible for me to go backwards and right. say, well, what's what's eliminated? Just, um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I'm not even sure if Starter Kit has motion attempts. I can't remember offhand. I I have never played one of the. I can't remember if I played a no. I don't think we have kit three. I don't think we scenario. have. Well, and when I played the starter kit two ones, I remember I was just using the full rules anyway. And yeah. see, and that's what I've done. I, I know we've played some starter kit scenarios, Jeff. Yeah. And Go ahead. I and know bypass. I use bypass because yeah. bypass is just it's yeah. intuitive to me. It's it's natural that if you don't want to go through the trees. To, to, to speed up an assault, you're not going to go through them, and, it, and it's allowable to bypass. Right. And so to me, that's such a basic rule to me, and so I don't understand why that's not in Starter Kit. So I, I get confused trying to, to, to know what's in what's not in Starter Kit. Well, you know what time it is now. It's time for... What's, what's in, in, in the, the box? box. In the box. In the box. And I have in my hot little hands... My sweaty little palms. <laughs> Nor the did Jeff the postman have been scurrying all over the planet Earth again. Yeah. And what were they carrying? I noticed that our postman had a, had a uh, kind of a spring in his step he recently, was... and I know why because he was delivering Normandy, nineteen forty four, ASL right. action pack number number four. four. Yeah. And we know you at home have none of you have played three yet. <laughs> At least I am. I've been too busy playtesting Hakapale. Hakapale! And, um, God bless you. Yeah. What's the other one I play with, Dave? Uh, Operation Veritable. And journals. I'm trying to get caught up in the journals. I'm almost caught up. So I ah, hope they don't, they don't issue that yeah. next one soon. Um, and then I wanted to get to Action Pack 3, the Italian one. But Joe pointed out that... What did I point out? Action Pack 4... <laughs> Is, is more fun? Way more fun. Ah. Just my opinion. Because, go ahead before I open it. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to yeah, you're right. Let's, do that after. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it this one. one. Here we go. There you go. There you go. He's tearing into it. Can you hear him tearing into plastic. it? Plastic. Make more noise with that plastic. Opening the plastic. Oh, there it went. Okay, give me that. Disposable. No, wait. I like to keep all my squad leader plastic. <laughs> How thick is that plastic? You guys... Yeah. Uh, yeah it's is it a... the same quality, Jeff? Uh... No, the quality's gone down. And what I don't like is that the, the plastic is different from game to game. You know, I think they should standardize it. All my squat leader plastic. Yeah. Um, actually, to be honest, you sometimes got used to get a punched page. It was like a green page, and it was three-hole punched. Did, did they have... Oh, like a, some kind of like spacer? Or... Yeah, some kind of colored page. Blue, green. I actually use those to log in my games on and put it in my binder. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's how you keep track of your yeah, scenarios. Yeah, but I think that's just a weird coincidency thing. All right, opening it up. He's opening it up. It is an action pack, so it does not have a box. Box, no box. But I will say, guess what? Will Dave throw out his Normandy 1944 I'm guessing, cover uh, sheet? No, I'm guessing you will not. I will that. not. That's I nice. will stick it on in the shelf with yeah. the boxes. Yeah. And inside I see credits. Thank you to all these people. Chas Argent, Brian Use, Ken Dunn, 
Scenario Design, Pete Schelling, Ian Douglas, Ken Dante Duma. Um, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to Chess Argent. I, I see him post on Game Squad quite a bit. Sure. And he's one of those that really keeps everybody up to date on the status of uh, the going ons at MMP. So uh, uh, he puts in a lot of time, I think, between his posting on Game Squad, what he does here, and I can see he's involved quite a bit here with the, uh, the Action Pack 4. So, uh, you know, I think it's good work. Keep up the good work. Definitely, thank you. Lots of playtesters here. We won't mention them all. I was I'm just looking on the MMP site, and I see that Action Pack 4 is now available for general sales. So apparently all of the pre-sales have been mailed out. Once all the, the pre-sales are gone, then they put it on the page, and so there it is. So I'm going to be ordering mine uh, very, very shortly. Oh, you didn't pre-order it? No, I didn't. I just noticed something really interesting. I don't know how many people out there are familiar with, uh, if you look at the uh, replacement rule pages, uh, Jim Stoller. Uh, I know him from, he's, he goes way back, I believe, to the squad leader days. He had a German, so. a German 10-2. You're right. Maybe even a 10-3. Yeah. Just a cool name. I remember the counter, and I, I really uh, always wondered what happened to him. And so it's good to see his name uh, appear yeah. on some current squad leader. I was in prison you, with a guy named Jim Stoller. <laughs> it's not uh, the same one. You don't think? No. Okay. What would be another good German name to be on a German calendar? Oh, Kleinschmidt. I know. How about Kleinschmidt? Just waiting. Oh, that Talk about be, your classic that's name. That's a great German name. Yeah, that's a fabulous name. <laughs> and they got the errata listed right in here um, with the game. That is super. The erotica? No. Errata. I always say that. You oh, do I? A, Sick, sick man. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, Thank you for finally noticing. We have the usual tag pointing out that what comes in the game, three geomorphic map boards, 53, 54, 55, 12 scenarios. Yes, not just eight, 12. I like that. That's a good value. Two revised ASL rulebook pages. We'll look at those. A wrap cover and a cardboard sheet to stiffen the package. So that's all for $30, which I think is a pretty good value. And no advertisement to a third-party product like they had in that one game that struck me as unusual for yeah, MP. Yeah, that'd be kind of odd. Here's the so, cardboard backing. Now, guess what, though? What? I won't keep my cardboard backing. Can I, can I have your cardboard? You may. Then, I will, I will throw it out. It has no art on no. it. It's just not. I use that to uh, fold shirts or something. All right. Next up, I see... Um, the scenarios, which I'll hold off on. What exactly, uh, for those of our listeners that may not know, because they're only in the starter kits, what are the action packs? What are what is their reason for being? What is an action pack? Joe, what's it all about? I uh, don't. Let's uh, just quickly. We don't want to bore our advanced players who will be listening. Well, basically, it, well, our it, advanced it, players will buy this. Oh yeah, this is not a starter kit. Oh yeah. Oh no, I know. Well, for me, I mean, to, to be honest, it, it's all about the boards. Like, uh, Fewer Turn came out with the very hard-to-get uh, board 42 and 43, I believe. Uh, cannot get those boards anywhere. So Fewer Turn uh, came with those boards. And so here here we got uh, three brand-new boards added to the squad leader system. And Brand-new? Of course, it comes with some very good scenarios that I was about to allude, allude to. But... Um, but if a company just created a scenario pack, one person would buy it and then uh, make copies of it and, and convert it into PDF and send them to all their friends. No. The only way it gets people to buy the action packs is by adding new goodies, counters, counters or uh, uh, 
um, the new the new boards. Yeah. We threw Joe off because he was banging on the table. Yeah. Jeff said, "No banging, stop silently. banging." I was, on get, the I was table. getting too emotional over these new boards. Okay. <laughs> said, Joe so is said, a big fan of the boards. She said, "Hey, Mr. Khrushchev, put your shoe back on." Yeah. <laughs> so what's the board? Board fifty-three. So does that I mean see there are fifty-four, fifty-five? Fifty-four, okay. fifty-five. So there are fifty-five full boards. I'm looking at eight. That, well, you can also add the starter kits. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Oh, XYZ yeah. boards. Right. XYZ, Which yeah. Eventually, sure. they're going to be used for advanced sure. scenarios as well. I noticed this is a very dense city. Look at this. On board 53, yeah. I noticed narrow street rules, which you got originally with Kampf Group Piper. Yeah, I believe you're right. The uh, the uh, boulevards and yeah. narrow streets with the... Yeah. And then they did reissue them with the second edition rules. So you'll have those rules. Um I see a very cool graveyard, which I love, just like I love the fountains. I love the graveyards. Got to have graveyards. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's had a uh, cathedral there or something? Yep. It's got the cross on it, which represents what, Joe? Quiz show. Uh, Christianity. Nope. Well, yes, but, but other than <laughs> That's that. That's what I was going to guess. What else? The, the Crusades. I don't know. You don't know? You got me stumped. Jeff? The cross? Yeah, in the building. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. I thought you were joking. No, uh, no. Look in the building. The uh, what do you call is it? That the uh, three way up, like the uh, the pupil. The pupil. No, no, no. It's where the, um, the pupae. That's a that's a small insect thing. <laughs> a tower, a chapel, uh, a belfry. A belfry. A belfry. <laughs> no, that's when you go to Taco Bell and they fry up your something where you can only do a half squad and a, a belfry. And a, yeah. Uh, yeah, the bell tower. Oh, the bell. And tower. you can put right a half squad, Joe. Very good. A half squad up there. Nobody. Oh yeah, I guess they would. You gotta All love right. it. You gotta love having a yeah. little. Well, mine yeah. has Quasimodo. Okay. Saving Private Ryan, I put my sniper up there. Oh, yeah, Quasimodo. Yeah. yeah, with the sniper and the yeah. Quasimodo. Hey, can I digress for a second? And Sanctuary. Ask a <laughs> that was very good. Well, thanks. Yeah, I can do a. I do a good uh, Quasimodo from the silent uh, version. Oh yeah, with yeah. Uh, Harold Lang or someone. Yeah. Go ahead, let's hear it. Yeah. That is yeah. good. Isn't that good? Looks just like him. Um, no, I have a question. I, I want to digress for a second. I have never been really too fond of the sniper rules in Advanced Squad Leader. Oh, why? Uh, because it's sort of a... You said it the first time. Mm -hmm. And then after that, he sort of randomly runs all over, ah, advanced, over the board. Advanced tactic for you. Okay. You oh, yes. You can give up. Your chance to take a shot if you if somebody if you somebody rolls your sniper number and move them instead. Yes, you may. Right. And how many of you do that? Uh, I've uh, never done that. I've I, never done. I that. never do either. But I think of it later. I go, oh, I, you know, later in the game, I go, I wish my sniper was over there by his ten neg three. And I'm like, yeah. shoot, I just had two snipers go off and yeah. I didn't move them. So it's kind of an advanced tactic. That, yeah, I'd remembering say to do that, but or it's just one of those tactics you never remember to do. Right. Well, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I just think, um, you know, you, a sniper, it just doesn't seem realistic to me. I always think a sniper is a guy you should be able to sort of move around and place where you want to place him, but he's, he's sort of like, but maybe that's not accurate. Maybe snipers were were uh, autonomous and moved off on their own. Well, they, they, they were in counter form in squad leader. Uh -huh. right. And I think it's interesting because in, there's aspects of squad leader where it's very down to the minute detail realism, but then they've decided to take the sniper and make it more of an abstract rule yeah. to, to cut down on the overhead, on, on what you're trying to maintain during a game. But I remember in Squad Leader, it was an actual counter form. I can't remember whether it was hipped or you'd start the game off and you would 
he was hip, and then he could really that is hidden, hidden yeah, initial, initial placement, placement. Yeah. and not but he visible was on the board, written right. down on a side note. Yeah, yeah, and then once he had line of sight to a, you could you could uh, activate him. Mm -hmm. um, but I do remember he did have counter form, and I, I. But did you find that? Do you remember that being uh, tedious or adding uh, adding uh, too much to the game? Or I don't, yeah, I don't remember it being tedious. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the same thing. You know, sometimes when you're playing Squally, you're in the heat of the battle, and you forget what your sniper number is. You're not keeping track. Oh, is he? You know, my sniper number, my SAN, my SAN number is two, and you realize that there's, uh, you're not keeping track of what your opponent's rolling. So it, it's kind of the same thing, yeah. I think. You, you really got to try and remember sometimes. So, Do you like the way it works, Dave? I like it fine. Okay. Right. I never played the old method. I wonder if with the old method, if he ever lost hidden, that he people would just go out and hunt him. They know exactly where he is and just go get him. Yeah, yeah. From what I remember, it was all about... What, he was hidden until he used him, and once he, once he was exposed, then you know his his value on the uh, battlefield was reduced. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Because then, which kind of makes kind of makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I like the anyway. new, I like the, the the current system. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, but I understand Jeff what you're saying. It's a it's a good. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't get it yet, and maybe I haven't played long enough to really. These this board has a lot of large circles, not the small white dot, the large. Circle, large Quid circle, show. and a single. Is that, are those single, single stories? Sto single build, single hex buildings. Single hex buildings, so they're a single story. So, would you mean ground only? Ground only. No, wouldn't that be that with a small dot? Ground so what does only? the big dot mean? Joe, quiz show. Um, multi. It's three levels. No. It's got a basement. Two levels. Typically, it's one, and then. When it's a large white dot, I believe it goes to two levels. Well, two levels meaning okay, uh, ground third first. story. There's there's first, second, and third floor. No, I think there's only ground and first. But you know what? I'm gonna go look it up. Because oh. level one is uh, on the second story. Level two would be the third story. It's zero, one, two. Yeah, I thought it was just ground first. Ground is zero, and then level one is second first. story. First. But no, I'll double check it. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah, yeah, level zero is... Show, I failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're confusing me, Dave. Well, yeah, yeah I've never... it's this problem with the game, isn't it? When someone questions general rule and you're like, well, isn't it this? And yeah. Well, that's one of the things that's one Everybody of the confusing knows things about levels is when you say first level, people think first story, and it's not. It's the second I story of a building. That. I'm going to yeah, buy some ground, Legos. And... Ground, right? Yeah. Ground yeah, think first... of ground level is zero. Yeah, zero level. And then the second story of a house is level one. So anyway, 53 okay. is a nice board. I do notice they did the white printing of the hex letters. Like P1 is on brown, and they used whiting. Oh, and they used white. And P2 is black, it's on the green. And then P3 goes back to a concrete building, and it's white again. So excellent job. You can read these better than using the black ink all the time they used on the old boards. Very nice. 54. Board 54. Oh. Where are you? I'm in hedgerow hell, but not the uh, oh, yeah. version. I'm in the. Mm -hmm. I'm on some regular size board that is full of, of hedges. Very cool farms out here. Okay. Nothing else too special. A little path going through the woods. A path. A path. A path. Oh. And I'm looking at 50, 55, 55 more hedgerows. I'm assuming Normandy. Um, sunken road through here. Yeah. Pass through almost all the woods. What is with that? 
I guess the farmers must travel to each other's homes along those paths. They probably do. And, and a Red Riding Hood. gully with some neat artwork that's kind of different. This gully artwork is a little different. I wonder why don't they take the brown roads, the dirt roads, and kind of speckle them a little bit. Wouldn't that add a little realism? I know it would be different from the old boards, but that's a different way of doing the gully than on the other boards. Yeah, it's a little bit, it, it's lighter. Yeah. It's, it, uh, I think on the older boards, the, the outline of the gully was Sharper. The, the dark green, or it was, it was darker. Yeah, there's something more fuzzy about it and softer, but... Uh, I think a band of brothers when I look at these, uh, these boards with mm -hmm. all the... Uh, yeah. And there are some hills on here, so there's some hedges on oh, hills and gullies right. on hills. Yeah, so. on, on 55, not on 54. Yeah, neither of the other two have any hills. Yeah. So some orchards spread all around. Yeah, nice boards. Excellent. What else is in there? The um, rules pages, which ah. I have never seen again. I'm looking at page B9, redone for your three-ring binder. The blue sheet I mentioned earlier. Oh, keep that, Dave. It, You're going to want to start taking not, notes. It's not three-ring punched, oh. but I can handle that on my own. And so, Joe, I'm looking at B9. I think, have you played these, Jeff and Joe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've played, uh, I've played four Four scenarios. Uh, Jeff and I have played two and a half. Two and a half. We're in the middle of uh, lesson for Lear. Yeah. And I'm looking at fun. The rewriting is it of the wall advantage rules? Is this correct? Yeah, they basically added more uh, um, examples, uh, oh. more illustrations, uh, examples of play, to really spell out step by step and uh, all the different conditions on how. To move, how to how to use the when you the, claim the wall cut. advantage. Yeah, because that, that yeah. that's like another topic. To me, it, it's easy to understand it's, the moving through the the bocage vehicles and infantry. Well, even the walls. In the wall, the tricky thing is is mastering the wall advantage rules. I believe. It's yes. Not as straightforward as you think, and I really had to reread and reread the rules to make sure I understand wall advantage. I think that is going to be a future show. Will you come back, Joe, and we'll have a three-way or four-way conversation about how to play wall advantage maybe as an advanced tactic? Oh, yeah. I, I was going to talk a little bit about it now. Okay. We, we talk about the um, I I'd like a to. quiz for you. So. I, oh, oh, not for me because I was playing this <laughs> wall advantage stuff with Too late. Dave Timonen, and he, and I didn't have it marked. You know, and he moved next to it, and I went, oh, well, I have the wall advantage. And he's like, well, why? And I, because... Obviously, I would have it. I would take it. Because I said so. So even if I didn't take it, uh, I have an opportunity to grab it now because you just moved into the hex. And then later on, something happened, and he's like, well, now what? I'm like, well, I said, you know, now that you're actually questioning me, we've just always kind of played it this way. Me and my opponents have just kind of said, well, you, you're by the wall, and I'm crossing the open, so you're going to take wall advantage, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll just say I got it. Because I guess we didn't understand it either, Joe. And I started rereading certain stuff, and I found myself a little confused, too, about how you actually play wall advantage. So I need this page, B9. Well, B, yeah, what you get is you and get 10. page B9 and B10, and you also get a B10A and a B10B. A what? Uh, and, it, and again, it gives you even How can you have a B10B? B10A and B10A. It's just it's on the flip side of B10A. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. It's got... It's just full of uh, examples. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, they even give you a deluxe uh, ASL oh, example, yeah. and they really, really spell out the uh, the different ways to uh, to play bocage. 
All right, I am going to become a bocage expert after Joe's lesson today and reading these two pages. So glad to have this. As I just pointed out, my friend Dave will be happy to hear that I will finally figure out how to do it right. Um, <laughs> after, and I wonder. After a thousand games. A thousand games. Uh, but I'm wondering how I'm going to bet the general ideas we've been doing have been pretty correct. But Just make you feel bad um, that for a thousand games you've been playing it wrong. No. A thousand games, Dave. Because gosh but golly, I had fun. <laughs> Fun? What does that have to do with playing it? those this is, games? Yeah, squad leader is serious business. Should not be fun. <laughs> Should we look at scenarios? Should I flip them and then you guys stop me if you've played one? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That's, that's a good, good idea. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start at 29 and I'm going to end at 40. Action pack 40. Yeah, just kind of uh, summarize. I see June 6, 1944. Les Forges. It's a French word. I never pronounce them correctly. Pardon me to our French fan base. Um, Plus, the scenarios don't just cover June 6th. Uh, I'm looking yeah. at the scenarios, and they go all the way up to August. They really approach the, the Felice Gap, that, that, that whole... That's where the, the turning fillet? point... Felice, Felice. That was just Felice. Basically, where they, uh, they encircled the Germans, and that was the turning point for the uh, Western Front. I mean, that's where the, the, the Americans really started rolling up... Uh, the Germans was once they uh, encircled and, and the Germans lost a lot of their armor. Yeah, that is. But the scenarios don't just encompass June six. So, um, but they're um, all they're all Western Front. All Western so, Front, okay. yes. All from mm -hmm. that summer of nineteen forty four. Well, Raft's dilemma, AP twenty nine. I see glider infantry, the three hundred twenty fifth gliders for the Americans coming in. I've never played gliders. Some tanks, do that. and yeah. I don't know if they actually come in on gliders or not. No. What are the gliders for if they don't? <laughs> They're glider infantry, so they have already oh, landed. Oh, I see. They've in already this landed. Scenario, right. and you're probably entering the board. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. they would show gliders as yeah. part of the okay. Open. Right. Well, I can't see that far. So. Um, <laughs> eat more carrots. Yeah, I, I'll try. And uh, defending. Hey, nobody brought sa snacks tonight. That's a good thing. Okay. I'm down a few pounds biking this summer, and oh. I want to try and keep it that way, especially when we go to Gen Con, Jeff. So I need, yeah. your, I need your help. Because right. you eat normally, I eat too much. Oh, I'd be so happy to help you. You can help me on that. Jeff and I are going to Gen Con. Gen Con. Um, we'll see you folks there at Gen Con. We're, we'll be the two guys um, with our pants on. Is that my wife? <laughs> no, She's that was the dog again. That's my wife. Robbie, is that you? Yeah. She's Come on down. Oh, that was her. It's my wife standing, laughing, standing at laughing the top at of the us. stairs laughing. Yes. Are I you coming down? No. Are you okay? It's a, it's a squad leader wife. She's standing at the top of the stairs. Do you want a sip of my She's eavesdropping on our, uh, on our podcast. I'm sitting on the staircase. Oh, are you drinking okay. a beer? Why don't you? She can't wait for the to, for the show to be posted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> action pack. She wants to get my autograph later. Action pack 30. You mean uh, scenario 30? Yeah. AP yeah. 30. Okay. AP 30. saint Mary June 7th. Uh -huh. And American paratroopers. But they're not doing a landing? Is that right, Joe? Do you know? Correct. Uh, yeah, all these scenarios, yeah. there's no paradrops. There are no paradrops in Normandy no. 1944. Well, not oh. in these scenarios, because I, I think a lot of people, that again, I think they bogs, down the, yeah. bogs down the game. Yeah. 
Oh, I love parachutes. Because you could spend like you know the first hour of a scenario trying to figure out whether 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 they're on target, whether they drift, and how oh. much they drift. What else you got to do? <laughs> Learn bocage. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose. I was really hoping there'd be a couple paradrops, but um, AP thirty one, June eleventh. Yep, they're moving right along. Some small small ones, six turns. Um, AP thirty two. Second crack at Comont. Comont. And so far we haven't I have not played any of these yet. 88s, an 88 L, L gun, and the American 2nd Battalion, 26th Infantry moving in. Um, 33. Second Crystal. Uh, Crystal, I don't know. Christophe. Christophe. Is it that? Isn't that the American version of that word? Yes, it is. Yeah, that, British. We're, we're in America, so we pronounce it <laughs> the way we want. The American way. Because yes. we're always right. Yes. Um, the British are in here. Fan I didn't think there would be any British. AP 34, Bocage Blockage. Sounds like an after-dinner problem. Um, <laughs> hey, what's with the map board design on that? Yeah, I don't get the stacked map uh, stacked look there. Map. What is that? They're just showing you that uh, for board 55, the red is is in use, and board 54, and they're just showing you're oh. going gonna to have to oh, fold basically them fold them in half and, okay. and butt them up against each other. I thought it was a two-layer game. I get, yeah. Well, because there are some scenarios. There's right a subterranean there. quarry. We yeah. talked about that one before. Yeah. With the uh, two-level. Okay. Oh, lots of minefields for the Germans. Typical American force coming in some half no, I've tracks. never played minefields. I gotta. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be our next one. Then. It's and it's oh, not. Good. It's not complicated. Um, Thirty-five. A lesson for a lair. Now this is the one that Jeff and I are in the middle of playing. Well, talk yeah. about it. So yeah, uh, tell me about it. And again, the recap. These Normandy scenarios. They. They, the play of the scenarios is where there's action going on all over the boards. So for a lesson for lair, we on board fifty-four. We got in one corner. There, there's that battle for the for right. the uh, wood buildings. Right. Um, but then down on board 55, there, there's a lot of action going on for that that final victory condition building. So it's just the action spread out amongst the the whole board, which I really like. And I played four scenarios, and they all tend to be that way. The the, the action is all over. It's all not over. just one yeah. area. So. Well, I made a little mistake. It would have been a little more, <laughs> a little more toward one end of the board, but. I moved uh, I moved my squads a little bit too far off of one of the secondary roads, and Joe went rumbling through there before I could get back and uh, really spread out the action. But it's added a, an <laughs> element of fun. Yeah, because so. it's still in doubt. Because even though yeah. I got those three buildings, the the Germans need to get seven, and and with all the toys that the Americans have, it's uh, yeah. I've got uh, how many tanks? Six tanks coming on in the next turn. I believe. Yeah, you got the six, bulldozer yeah. coming on. We're, yeah, bulldozer. we're basically coming up on turn six, and that's yeah. when Jeff is going to get, as the Americans, he's going to get six tanks, and he has to decide where where to enter those on to to either try and protect that final building I need. But then also key to this uh, the victory conditions is they have to maintain a, a, a clear road to the south edge of the boards. Yeah. They can't just take the buildings and, and, and win the and game. The, they also got to keep those uh, those roads clear, and that's going to be a problem, I think, playing Jeff because the, you know, they they got a lot of men, a lot of mobility, uh, and a lot of stuff that can really come at me and, and take those roads away. So, uh, you know, even though we're at turn six or approaching turn six, it's 
by not, by any means it's not over yet. Yeah. So very very and fun. I, and I guess I don't know how many other scenarios have bocage in them. You know, throughout the game, but for me these bocage rules are kind of new and really add an element of fun that I haven't played before. So it's been really it's been especially interesting. Well, the biggest helpful hint in under, excuse me, understanding bocage rules for me was somewhere in the uh, first edition advanced rules. It said, you know, think of them as like really a house in the hex because they're taller. They're going to block line of sight across. You know, it's not like a hedge, a short hedge. It's a yeah, tall, it's a level. It's a, it's a level one. It's a level so one. So you can see into the house, but behind it, you can't see. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you have all your blind hex rules. All those rules apply for, especially for uh, people that are at a higher elevation. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's definitely some interesting uh, ways to use this, and I, I think it's an awesome defensive. Uh, I'm normally not a defensive player. I prefer to be the attacker, the Germans with a lot of good tanks, a lot of infantry. But playing these scenarios, I, I'm almost having fun. Give me a couple Panthers and some Bocage and some infantry. And it's it's hard as Jeff knows he it's hard to be the attacker against Bocage. Yeah, I can see yeah. why in 1944 it really slowed the Americans down for a few weeks. Uh, Cost more to move over than a hedge. It's more it's, protection. It's two, it's two right, movement points to go over the the Bocage and then cost a train. So uh, uh, an open hex on the other side of a Bocage is going to take three, for example. Yep. Um, it's and plus that, two instead of plus one protection. Yeah, T, right. yeah, TEM is plus two. And uh, but as I mentioned earlier, I think that the the hard part about mastering Bocage is wall advantage, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's easy to understand an AFE, and only only fully tracked vehicles vehicles can go over it. It's a bog check. So. It's a bog yeah. check. Yeah, it's a bog check. And then you, a lot of the American scenarios, they they give the Americans the what is it called the Cullen the Cullen device. device. Um, so that helps and. Uh, which was a scoop thing on the front, a pronged thing that could like a fork. plow into yeah. the dirt mounds and push them, dig them up a little or something. Um, in fact, here, there's looking at Take a Bath, AP-36, the M4A1 MT have Cullen, those are tanks, they have Cullen Hedro devices. I was actually looking for them on the counter, I forgot, that's usually by special No, yeah, it's rule. SSR, yeah. special rule, yeah, special scenario rule, SSR. And then... Uh, and Take a Bath has these two boards link long ways, 54 and 55, two boards long ways. And the Americans are trying to amass points without losing too many. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, fighting withdrawal, I think, from the, with the Finns, Germans. Can the Germans exit, I wonder? Well, we have to read all those rules. We're not going to yeah. do that now. Uh, 37, apples to apples. You guys yeah, playing that one? Yeah, that's the one I've played twice. And, uh, yeah. So, so far I've played it. Uh, I've won both times as the German. That, that's where I, I could go into a, like another hour of discussion on this scenario. It's just it's my favorite scenario. Um, I'm, as you guys both know, I like to keep track of tank kills. Yeah. And so I'll, I played the scenario twice. One tank in position P4 on board 44. I've killed 10 uh, vehicles. On the two games I've played, and you know, I found a, I th what I think is a very good defensive position, and it's just a fun scenario. It's very hard for the Americans to win. I think the only the only downside is it's dicey. If the Germans uh, lose one of those two Panthers to a and, malfunction yeah, gun, right, then I think the battle becomes. Uh, that would have helped me. 
Yeah. I came on, I came on and, and the first thing that happened was I fired, uh, I have a tank with a gyro stabilizer. Oh, it's time for another. I fired and I mouthed that gun. Yeah, on turn two, I remember that. I felt yeah. bad for you. As your opponent, Yeah. your best gun, best tank, gyro stabilizer, first first roll of the dice, you got 12s. Yeah. And it was all downhill from there because... Yeah. Didn't, didn't you give him a mulligan? Then, <laughs> then permanently broke it. And yeah, it was all downhill from there. It was really, it was awful. I only got about six hexes onto the board and it was just, everything was in flames. I mean, it was... So, and I think we stopped in about uh, the beginning, probably the, the end of turn three, I think I finally threw the game because it was... Oh, that seems got, too soon. No, I mean, it, no. Was, it was seriously bad. So, which was fine, that happened sometimes, so we wrapped up, and then Joe, and then you played uh, somebody else, the same scenario. Yeah, I'm going to mention his name, sorry Brian, but Brian Wills. <laughs> <laughs> I, Brian Wills is, uh, everyone, for the people who know him, he, he wins, he comes in fourth place on tournaments. Uh, he's very, very good player. He's taught me uh, a lot of, uh, he's very good at infantry tactics, but I played against him like a couple weeks later after I played Jeff, and Jeff lost three vehicles. I, I managed to kill ten. Of oh, Brian's? Uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, eight. Seven of them from that one Panther in that position P4 on board 44. You know, the, the tank is hull down. I crew exposed my armor leader at 9-1. Yeah, it's got a wide open field of fire. I'm yeah. looking at this board yeah. for the first time. Yeah. It's clearly a, a V-shaped point with a wide open ground in front. And, yeah, go on. Well, the interesting thing is with this scenario, the American has two choices. On the right, which is uh, board 44 from the, from the American advantage, they're, they're coming on. They have board 44 on their right, which is the wide open. Uh, both times, both my opponents took... Uh, their their avenue of attack was was on this board, and I just racked up kill after kill after kill, and uh, one half track has made it off to exit out of those two scenarios, and that was Brian. But uh, he lost seven vehicles trying to do that. No one has attempted to do to, to play the game going up the left, which is of course a slower game because that's where it's board 54, and it's got all the hedgerows. Um, or I'm sorry, not hedgerows, uh, bocage. The bocage, yeah. Yeah, hedgerow. So it, it's interesting. It's just going to be interesting. Uh, I don't think so. You know, anybody out there, has anyone else used that P4 position? Stick the pan through, crew expose, and P4. Uh, it just covers that whole, the whole uh, side of the, of the board. The only bad thing I could see happening is if the, the main gun malfunctioned. And then, but even then, I've come up with a... A way where I, the tank, the other panther, comes over from board 54 and moves over to, to, to cover by going over to I-5. And again, that's a hedgerow position, it's hauled down, and it's another layer of defense. So I just see multiple ways to, to play this scenario. And this is one that's going to go in my favorite book, and I'll play it multiple times. Well, it wouldn't be your favorite if you were playing. Uh, and I do yeah. want to try it as the American now because yeah. it, it, it seems like it's. Uh, yeah, I think you should. I was just yeah. going to ask you that. Would you yeah, so play it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. we should play it again. Jeff, I'd like we, to play it again. We should replace switch. it. Yeah, and just see. See how it goes. Yep. Maybe it's just uh, an unbalanced. Who knows? Maybe it's an unbalanced scenario. I don't know. We'll have to see how, how would an American play let's it to hope win it. Let's hope not. To win it. Yeah, let's hope not. So. 
Is there more in the box, Dave? Um, yes, there is. That's hard to believe. Can I? I'm gonna uh, go back for a second okay. to the single hex two story house with the single the one hex building with the large white dot. Okay. The rule states a building with a large white center dot is a one-and-a-half level line-of-sight obstacle with both a ground and first location and an inherent stairwell, like a single-story house. It has no rooftop. In all other respects, it's a normal building, so it does not have a second or third story. It's ground and first only. And I actually think when I first played those, um, we thought, oh, boy, it's got a ground first and second, which is not true. It's a ground and first. So, clarification. Thank you for that clarification. Um, going on, are we on... Which one are we on, Joe? Uh, well, you just got done talking about apples to apples. Apples looks AP good. AP thirty-seven. Mm -hmm. So look at all those half tracks. Got to be something to do with those. I don't know. AP thirty-eight infiltrators, August forty-four. Uh, AA gun for the British again. Ah. Small. Oh wow, no infantry. Two and a half squads and a crew. The gun, the Piat, and then a bunch of. Reconnaissance vehicles, the Daimlers, the six trucks, and the Germans also. A reconnaissance, isn't that force with PSWs, KFCs, and motorcycles? SPWs. Yeah, motorcycles make a reappearance for the first time in a, in a long time. Yeah. Um, and the British went upon exiting three trucks. I'm going to bet this is some kind of right um, reconnaissance groups meeting. Well, it's called infiltrators, so we'll see. Um, AP... Uh, 39, Old Hickory. Is this about uh, Andrew Jackson? Andrew Jackson. Battle of New Orleans? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah, here's ja a leader called Jackson, and he's trying to stop the British. And does he look like Charlton Heston? He does. Amazingly so. Oops, some more of the uh, Panthers. And American Infantry. Three boards. An AP-40, the head of the mace. Now, uh, who, who are the Allied forces there? I don't reckon. Is that the Australians? That is the Polish. Poles. Oh, that's the Poles. Using the, British counters. The, Eng the English oh, symbol. Mm -hmm. And this is the only one I've lost. I played this against uh, Mike Stupitz, and he clocked me. Uh, <laughs> I, I was the British or Polish. Well, look, he's got 19 squads to your 13. Well, wait, more than that. Yeah, again, this is where the. It's, He's got uh, 29. You're defending against thirteen. Some very well equipped uh, high ELR SS troops. Yeah. And I just I did a forward. That, that's one of those where you decide do you do a forward defense, reverse slope defense? I should. I, I think next time I'll play this, I'll try the reverse slope. That is, is there a hill? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, me, I tried. Nine. I tried doing the uh, the the forward advance, and it, yeah, that was the wrong move because it's way too much firepower coming at you. Plus, the sniper took out my ten two right off the bat, uh -huh. and then did they just? Uh, I had very little. I had a hard time rallying, and then the, the SS just rolled right over me. Yeah, he's got two Panthers, and well, you have two Shermans with the up gun seventy six LLs, right? Those can take out. The Panthers. Yeah, and the thing, the key there is the Germans don't want to set, or the Polish don't shouldn't set up in any line of sight of the Germans to start off because the Germans get to move first. So anything that's got its head popped up on that hill, and that's again I made that mistake. 
uh, Mike took out two, I think two of my tanks right off the right off the bat. I think mm-hmm. he, he told me about this, and that's what he said too. Yeah, he said, "Yeah, Joe just set up too far forward in this game we played." Um, but I just had a few minutes to look at it. Or, you know, I, I yep. came to your house, sure. Dave, and I was oh, like, "Oh, that was at my house." Okay. Yeah, I was like, "All right, I'm going to try the layered." I, I call yeah. it the layered defense. I tried staggering it, but again, it was fun. I liked it. And you're trying to stop the Germans from exiting. So that's a can't you play more of a cat and mouse game that way? I was trying to do the delay. I figured it's yeah. a short game. The reason why I did the forward defense was you look at it, it's four and a half turns, and so I was just trying to stall. I figured one turn up front, turn two, another delay, but it was yeah. all over by turn three. He just well, there's right so many Germans in this. Wow, again, twenty nine or so to thirteen. Yeah, high morale, Infantry. elite troops. Yeah, they're SS and elites. Oh. Four conscripts coming on as stragglers, but all right, fantastic. Again, I'm pleased with the quantity of scenarios in there. They're making up for selling me Comp Group Piper Two with like four scenarios in it. Um, and back of the board gives some um, recommendations of um, reading, a lot of reading, official histories, general Normandy histories. Wow. Uh, detailed Normandy studies, organization weapons tactics books. Strategic and operational planning books and battlefield guides. We should read those. Homework in yes. all our spare time. Yeah. For next show. For next show. All right. Well, anything else about this box? That's not a box. But that's it. Well, one one final thing is four out of the twelve that I, I do. I'm doing a real quick count. They do use overlays. The overlays, of course, aren't included in. the the action pack. They They are not. They come with the game that's no longer available. No, no, no. Well, at least as far as I've played, they don't come in uh, Doom Battalions, which is the the overlays there. Those are the only overlays I don't have, and it's hard to get. But none of these so far use those overlays. They use uh, pretty standard overlays, just uh, open ground to take out a building. or. I see you've got the um, hedgerow overlays put out on board. For yeah, for apples to apples here, I, I got it just so I could uh, talk about it because, again, uh, it was my favorite scenario. Well, I take that back then. I am not going to be ordering this Action Pack 4 because I don't own any overlays. Well, I don't, there may be some. I don't know. Did I you, get any overlays? You got some in Beyond Valor. You should stop and try. No, I didn't. I'd recommend you go in order. Okay. If you can, Beyond Valor and go straight on through. I would just recommend. Well, that. I did. I'm just. I'm just stopped at uh, at partisan then. Okay, you got paratrooper. Uh, no, that's one I don't have. Grab it. It's it's on sale cheap, and I think they should. As I said, I think before, I think they should keep paratrooper. It's the it's the introductory module from starter kits to advanced. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, Joe? Paratrooper. Yeah, but I can see why money wise they're not there. That'll never see the. I would think reprint. everyone would buy it if they said, "Look, when you go from starter kits." To advanced squad leader, you want to buy paratrooper because it's small, it's in, infantry only, except for a few tanks and guns, right? And yeah. it's your transition. You they, again, it's not a to full, full size map, and don't you have glider rules in paratrooper? No, it, it comes with a. Uh, oh, it, did it come with E? No, that came with Yanks. No, it came with section uh, E. I, no, I don't. I don't. That I don't know. None it, of the scenarios. It came with one or two either. boards, two at the most. Oh, but, regular boards. Regular mm-hmm. boards. Okay. Yeah. It was before the historical... I'm thinking of Pegasus Bridge. Yeah, that's where yeah. they started to come out with but the But okay. I think the Rules E came out with Paratrooper. It, that, that's possible. That I don't know. It came remember. out with Yanks. Oh, it came out with I Yanks. That. Yeah. yeah. So they have none of the special stuff. It's, it'd be perfect transition from starter kits into 
advanced squad leader. Because when you buy Beyond Valor, you're you're playing pretty big scenarios with yeah. lots of rules, right. lots of rules. Right. Well, let's see, paratrooper. Uh, let me just look it up here and see. That is still available, I think. Yes. Checking now. You guys uh, talk amongst yourselves. Well, I had a, like a trivia question, I guess. You know, looking now that I've had a chance to play the Bocage, I'm curious. Uh, are there any Eastern Front Russian slash uh, German scenarios out there that use Bocage? Oh, Dave, do you know that? I I played recall. everything from the official games up through. I think I, I'm stuck at... Um, I mean, A, was Bocage, did it even exist on the Eastern Front? No. And that's a French farm type no. thing. But uh, I would be interested in knowing other... It's, it's kind of interesting thinking of the possibilities of a of Russian Germans fighting with Bocage. Yeah, not that I can think of at all. I know you always think of the open the open plains on the Eastern Front, so that, that's a little trivia question. I, I, I was curious. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe some of our listeners can let us know about that. And I, I still, I'm not going to let you get away with the. Uh, I have a trivia or a, a, a rules question okay. for you, Dave. Oh. While while we're on the topic of Bocage, um, mm. for wall going again, wall advantage, understanding and mastering wall advantage. Do you gain wall advantage per hex or per hex side? Oh, hex side. You are wrong. It's hex. It's per hex, and that's a strategy that. It, it's as a defender and even an attacker to take away the uh, the wall advantage of your opponent, and by the fact that it's um, it's rule B as in Bravo nine point five five. It's that's an, the exception yeah. now. Go ahead. Now, what's the exception to that rule? Um, I think deluxe. You are correct there. Okay, that's what I'm looking up. Deluxe Delu is I, the exception. See, Dave and I were rereading this, trying to figure out Bokai's that time I told you about, and we did find out that in deluxe, you place your little counter alongside the, what, two hex sides or something that you want to actually have wall advantage over, and that's why I answered incorrectly. But I would still get a lot wrong on that for sure. So so you can do it per hex. Yes, it's, it's per hex. And there's only five times that uh, you can volunteer. Of course, there's the mandatory wall advantage and then voluntary wall advantage. And there's only five times during a turn sequence that you can voluntarily uh, forfeit, give it up, or claim wall advantage. Do you All know right. those? We are segueing from <laughs> what's in the box to what's in your head. Combination <laughs> quiz show. What's in my head? You don't want to know. Listen to it when I shake it. Um, what's in the box? We're transitioning to yeah, that's more like your head. Um, uh, quiz show and tactics, Joe, because you're going to teach me, aren't you, how to play some wall advantage? Yeah, well, to Go play ahead. some scenarios. Well, I mean, but you have more to talk about. What are those? Uh, okay, when can you claim wall advantage? Well, voluntarily. Um, uh, during your opponent's move. During a uh, setup. Setup. Opponent's move. End of the rally phase. Am I right about opponent's move? Let's see. I'm not going to oh, let you. Okay. During move and advance phase. During your move, not yeah. your opponent's move. Correct. And see, we were just taking it when the enemy moved close. Going, well, I would have taken it on setup. Oh, I would have taken yeah. it in my move because. Yeah, so I would think you've got to do it your own. Clean that up. Or advance phase. Let me hear it again. Setup. Uh, setup. End of rally phase. Rally. During move, advance phase. Losing advance. hip status. 
Okay, because you reveal for the first time, you can declare you have the wall advantage. Uh, losing hip status. You know, as during the move, your opponent moves around a, a bocage, and you're yeah. there in the open ground. Or he tries to move into your hex, and you push him out, and you say, oh, I have the wall advantage. Okay. And then, uh, and going along those lines, when an enemy loses wall advantage of a shared hex, then you get the claim. Automatically. Right. That's yeah. what I was kind of thinking, where you can just take it. It just seemed like you could just take it. And what's otherwise interesting is the rally phase, too. You don't think about... A, a movement shift on the board. I guess it's just a shift. You're not leaving the hex, right? But I can understand it for advance. I can understand it for out rally, of the house, rally the phase because you also are, are reorganizing, handing weapons off, yeah, yelling exactly. at people to get up and fight and quit. Yeah. Stop being a stinking coward! <laughs> <laughs> so, those, yeah, those are the five times. And I don't know what else you I mean, I can talk about the movement. I mean, we already talked. It's two. Yeah, it's yeah. two movement points plus plus the cost of train. Yeah, vehicles. That, that's very helpful to me. With the back blast weapons, my understanding is if I have wall advantage outside of the building, I still take the back blast. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, that. I'm sure you do. Because um, another thing we learned, Chris we came Walters across. learned that from Spilky in a tournament. That you still, because I guess the back blast is still going to hit buildings or things in your hex. Um, interestingly, my my stepfather-in-law um, was in Korea, Korean War. He didn't see combat, but he trained and he did vehicle recovery. He was in Japan getting ready to go over when the truce was signed. And he talked about the bazookas because I was painting up some miniatures, um, World War II miniatures, and he pointed out, he started talking about the bazooka, and he said, man, this thing, you'd fire it, and it could damage this wall behind the demonstration area, and um, he said, I thought they should just turn that thing around and fire it. Fire it the other way. <laughs> and, he was, and I'm thinking, what is he talking about? Oh, he's talking about, about the, the back blast. Back blast. Yeah. Just turn it around and fire it over your shoulder the other way and let the back blast hit the enemy. He said, you'd kill somebody if they were back there because he saw what it did to the wall. Yeah, And yeah. I thought of inviting him tonight spur of the moment um but but that was interesting yeah and there's a reason why they have those backblast rules too yeah so what were you saying about backblast if you're outside of a building well you know if next you're to a wall in a building the backblast right, you could, got backblast you either claim an extra plus two modifier to your shot right right or you take we call it taking the backblast i don't know joe is that what you guys call yeah it? yeah um and then if you take it the lower die, right? Color die? No, lower. No, color die. Color dice. Color die goes off the one table, IFT table, oh, okay. automatically, straight up, no mods. So yeah. getting a one or two on that one table is like a case slash or a you know morale check and right. even a three probably. But um, that if you're if you think well I'm not in the building because I'm behind the hedgerow, so I'm not in a solid object. There won't be backblast, but there still is if you're in a hex with a building. Right. And we'd played it for a while. Well, I'm against the hedgerow, so there's no backblast. I'm not in the building. No, you're in a hex with a building, and that's what the rule states. So I'm very confident. But here's a dumb question I'm drawing a blank on. Can you be in a hex that has a building, but not in the building? Yes. If you're, But only if you're in bypass, right? Or claiming wall advantage. 
Are you talking oh. about when do you, when do you when do you claim wallet? So you claim versus... wallet. Okay, so you can be in that hex claim wallet advantage. Then you're not in the building. You're not in the building. I technically, see. I see. Right. That Good. makes sense. Good okay. clarification. So you're not in the building. Then. But that's just, why you take the wallet advantage. From what we were reading, Dave and I, it's ironic that we just happened to do a scenario with this stuff in it. But I thought we had read that. Um, you're still considered in the building for like all other purposes. Does it say that, Joe? Do you know or? Well, I know if you're talking about voluntary wall advantage, as you're moving, there's mandatory. That is, if you move behind a bocage, and you're in a, a uh, open ground hex, it's mandatory that you claim that wall advantage of the bocage. Oh, so they can only see you behind it. And then, thus, once you, you become wall over. advantage, you can see out with no TEM, and your opponents can start seeing you. With the with the plus two, two. so yeah. you can't hang around in the hex in the open ground and say I'm not being seen because right. I'm not at the you wall. Can't, yeah, you can't stand in the center of that hex. Okay. Okay. But if you're skirting along a bocage row, for example, and say you come across a building, you at that point then you can elect to take the TEM of the building. You, you're you're moving through the building. Right. And then you don't have to take wall advantage, and then also that means your opponent cannot see you unless they're adjacent to the bocage. But, um, so those are all important things as you're learning how to move along bocage is when you, you're exposed to the enemy and when you're not. So, Okay, that is, that's right. Okay, interesting. So it's not so monumental, folks. If Dave Kleinschmidt can learn it, anyone can learn it. Wow, look at the time. I can't believe. What, t what time is it? It's late. It's late, yeah. Uh, I'm on the MMP website. I just looked up Paratrooper because you have wh whetted my appetite Go for to it. purchase it, and um, it's out of print. Oh. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, I'll bet Games Plus. No, they don't have it. Oh. Prosex. Really? They have squad leader stuff out there? Still got a little I bit. I didn't know. I took all the good stuff. All right, well, I'll, I'll have to look for that. So that's out of print. I just want to go through the list of things that are out of print. So, that, you know. So, yeah, West of Alamein, of course, out of print. Last, oh no, Last Hurrah is available. Uh, Hollow Legions Hurrah! is out of print. Oh, sorry. Yes. Kota Bushido. Hollow Legions is out. out. Of print. Yeah, Gung Ho is out of print. Gung-ho, yeah. greens. And there's a string on uh, Game Squad where they said Beyond Valor, which was a surprise and a shocker because that's, that's... It's out of print. Oh, yeah, temporarily unavailable. Temporarily. temporarily. You know what? I think it's like Disney. Man, so... Every once in a while, they take the stuff and they put it in the vault. For 10 years. For 10 years. So when they release Bambi, look for Kota Bushido. And hopefully Beyond Valor is not out of print for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. No, they won't do that. Armies of Oblivion, also temporarily unavailable. Really? Not out of print, just temporarily unavailable. So I, so do a, they do a pre-sale? I don't know. You know, a pre-order on we should ask. We should ask them. When we talk to them, we should ask them what the difference is between... Yeah, they've got one that's, one that's out of print. They've got something that's out of stock, and then they have something that's temporarily unavailable. So oh. I assume there's some distinction between Yeah, we three. should talk to MMP. Yeah, we should, ask we should get one of them on the show. That'd be great. Yeah. And also, MMP's oh, having... Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, MMP's having problems with storage for their... Uh, they have the board pack. The Oh, yeah. That I've heard on Game Squad as well, that they're having problems finding place to store all the... Uh, 
all the packages of all the boards. Well, they better not store them here or I'll throw out those boxes. I was, <laughs> but not the boards. No, I'll I was keep, just going to recommend Jeff and Joe both have very large basements. We could store boards here. I'd be happy to store, store boards. Store a load of boards. I would here. even be willing to take them to UPS when people order them. Yes. For a dollar of delivery. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that board pack to uh, hit the streets. I ordered it, but I have double sets of the fat boards. So. You're going to be bored heavy. I'm going to be bored bored silly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have, yeah, you're going to have a lot of boards. We must be bored silly already. All right, well, we got an hour plus of a show, so let's stop here. Yeah, we're going to stop here. What do you have for next time, Jeff? Well, I'm working on a uh, quiz show for uh, advanced players. To quiz me? I'll be quizzing you. uh, (laughs) I'll be ready for you. Yes. So I'm I'm reading uh, through the rules very um, thoroughly and coming up with these little things. So I'll have a something cup. for you to look forward to. Oh, thank you. I'll have a couple of um, suggestions for just basic things you got to do to win the game of Squad Leader. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some future show I like to talk about, like mortars and ASL. Joe and I were just talking. You could talk about so many things, but um, but I would also like to stop and analyze the art of the covers. It would only take five minutes per box. That's an interesting box. The art on the covers. Because Jeff and I had talked about that, and and I like to follow up on that, as I have a BFA degree from Illinois Wesleyan University. Oh, what? Bachelor's of Fine Arts. Oh. That's right. Well, good. You want to whip that out. That's good. And Joe, we want to have you back very, very, very soon. Thanks for coming, Joe. Thanks yeah, for thanks coming. for having always, me. Uh, always great. For a second time. Yeah, and always great. Third Enjoyed coming it. up soon, I hope. Yeah. Um, well, that's it, everybody. We'll see you next time. So remember to roll low. And, and may, may the, the dice, dice be with you. But not when you're playing, playing us. Bye-bye. This is the production of the Two Half Squads and is copyrighted 2008. Fully owned by its hosts. Listeners are free to use the show in a non-commercial endeavor as long as credit is given to the two half-squads.